Uh, So I want you to talk with three or four people around you and and talk about this question. What do you like most about celebrating Christmas and why do you celebrate Christmas? So let me hear hear from a couple people. What do you like most about celebrating Christmas? Let me hear from somebody. You like Christmas lights? All right. Thanks, Jamie Downs. Yeah, what's up? You like the food. Amen. That's what I'm talking about right there, the food. Anybody else? What do you like most about celebrating Christmas? Pizza? You, okay, yeah, big, big pizza, Christmas pizza guy. I like that. That's great. Anybody else? What do you like most about celebrating Christmas? Presents. Yeah, we got some people who like presents. That's great. Love a good present. Anybody? Yeah, what's up? Family. You are so sweet. She loves her family. The rest of you should feel bad about yourselves. Um, lights, Jamie. Anybody else? What do you like most about celebrating Christmas? Christmas music? Amen. We had some Christmas music going in here this morning. It was great. Claire McMahon does not care for it. So if you're hanging out with Claire, make sure you are blasting some Christmas music. She'll love it. Let me, let me ask you this. Why do you celebrate Christmas? Anybody, why do you celebrate Christmas? And I'm not, like, look, I'm not looking for any particular answer. I want to know what you talked about. Why do you celebrate? Jesus. Great. All your other answers are wrong. What's up? Great. Thanks, man. The Christian, we celebrate because Jesus was born. Anybody else want to give an answer? Why you celebrate? Tradition, who said that? Right there. That's good. Anybody else? Yeah. Jesus, another Jesus right there. That's great. Anybody else? Why you celebrate? All right. That's all good. Let me, let me remind you one more time. Students and parents, you are in the right place. If you are a student small group minister, you need to be in the eighth grade room. That's the last time I'm going to remind you of that, and we are going to move on. We're starting a series today uh, called Advent Conspiracy. Uh, we're we're going to run it. It's a, it's a four-session series. It's not going to run on, on four Wednesday nights like we normally do. We're going to do this morning. Uh, this coming Wednesday night, uh, Pastor Kevin Eckert will be in here with students um, doing our second session for the Advent Conspiracy. He'll be in here uh, sharing with them. Uh, the week after that, the Wednesday after that, we'll hit the third session with students. Brett will do that. Um, then, it's going to get confusing, the Sunday after that, Kevin will be back in here with parents doing the second session. Uh, is, 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 we we kind of had to piece this together, and then um, the, the, uh, that next uh, Wednesday we'll, we'll finish up um, and uh, we'll, do, we'll do our YouTube night, and the Sunday after that we'll wrap up this series. So two Sundays, three Sundays for parents, two Sundays, two Wednesdays, and, and we're going to kind of um, talk about the Advent Conspiracy, what that is, what that means. So before we, we kind of jump into this, this first session, let's talk a little bit about Advent. Um, Advent, is, Advent invites us to, to fully worship Jesus, and that's what we're talking about this morning is um, the, this, this first part of the Advent conspiracy is to, is to worship fully. And so the season of Advent is, is an invitation to us to, to worship Jesus fully. A couple things to, to know about Advent before we get started. Advent, is, as we kind of know it today, is, as it's understood um, by, by Christians around the world, is something that really began in the, um, the third or fourth century. Uh, Christians began to uh, take this season, this time of the year, and, and devote that toward um, um, they didn't have a commercial Christmas, but uh, our goal today uh, in our world is, is that we move from celebrating this idea of, of commercialized Christmas toward uh, a time of reflection. And, and I don't mean that Christmas is a bad thing. I love Christmas. I love Christmas lights. I love food. I love pizza. Um, I like spending time with my family. I love the decorations. Presents, yeah, presents are great. Um, this is a fun season. Uh, I, I like cold weather. Uh, 
thought about this a lot over the last couple of years. Do I prefer cold weather or hot weather? And I do prefer cold weather because I can, like, I can put more stuff on if I'm cold. If it's too hot, there's only so much you can take off, and it's socially acceptable slash legal. Um, so cold weather is, is more preferable to me. Um, but So I love this time of year. I love Christmas. It's so much fun. I have these great memories of, of Christmas traditions with my family, things that we did. have started new traditions with uh, Hillary and with Riker, things that we do to celebrate Christmas. And so it's not a bad thing, but um, when we talk about the commercialization of Christmas, uh, you know, I, I joke about uh, you know, working on, on Black Friday, but um, you know, this is a time, I, I was reading an article yesterday that really it kind of began in the 70s that um, Black Friday was, for lack of a better word, celebrated as a time of year for corporations, companies to get their uh, their accounting books in the black. Um, and, and so this, this celebrating in a way that uh, we spend money, we spend our time on things that, that we really have to stop and ask ourselves, why am I spending my time on that? Why am I spending my resources on that? And so Advent invites us into something a little bit bigger than what we understand maybe as the Christmas season today. And Advent is a season of waiting. The last thing for us to kind of know a little bit about Advent before we move on this morning and in this series is that Advent is a season of waiting. We, we spend time reflecting on the time that Mary and Joseph were waiting uh, for Jesus to be born. You can, you can go home today and you can read uh, Luke chapter 2. It's a great account of, of that time and um, to see what's going on there. And, and as the world, the, the, the Jewish world, um, is really in this time of, uh, of oppression, things going on, they're, they're waiting for their Savior to come. They're waiting for God to come and save them from the world they're living in. And we, we reflect on that during this time. The, the other thing that we are waiting on during the season of Advent is, is for Jesus to return. And you don't have to turn here, uh, but, but Luke chapter 21, this is Jesus speaking towards the end of his life. And he says, and there, there will be signs and sun and moon and stars and on the earth distress of nations and perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves. People fainting with fear, with foreboding of what is coming on the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Verse 34, he says, But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life. And that day, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. And so we, we reflect upon the time that Mary and Joseph were waiting for Jesus, that the Jewish world is waiting on its Savior, and we, we participate in the waiting for Jesus to come back. And there's, there's folks that, that, are, that are ready for that right now, that if that were to happen today, they would rejoice, and it would be a wonderful thing. And, and I struggle with that because I go, there's just pe- too many people I know that don't know Jesus yet, that if he were to come back, they would spend eternity separated from him. And so we live in this tension of the already and not yet. Jesus has already come. God has already come to the earth in the form of Jesus to live a perfect life. Give us an example of what that means. And he has not yet returned to save us from the world that we live in now. So this is, this is what Advent is, is about for us. It's about living in this tension. It's about understanding what that means. It's about understanding the waiting that was going on so many years ago and what that means for our waiting for Jesus now. So, as as we as we look toward that, as we ooh, that was really loud. Can you bring that down just a little bit? As we look toward that, 
and we continue to talk about that waiting. We, we look at what it means to worship fully while we are waiting. So this, this idea of, of waiting is not one that I care for. Um, it, it, I don't like to wait for things. This morning, uh, I, I, I was meeting some of our Advent Conspiracy Ministry team up here to, to decorate. They didn't, they didn't. They do a good job. This tree is beautiful. These presents are great. Yeah, give it up for them. Thank you. Yeah. So I, 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 was, uh, I was meeting them up here, and the way that I got them here at 8 o'clock in the morning is I told them I would bring them breakfast and Starbucks drinks. And so I, I had gone to get the breakfast, and I was at Starbucks, and I, I placed the order, and they got two of them out. And they said, hey, you know, here's two of them. We'll get the other three here in just a second. And so I was sitting there waiting, and I was waiting some more, and then I was waiting some more. And I get frustrated when I wait. Anybody else? Is it? <laughs> this is the worst. And, and, and I, was, I was fighting this urge to kind of say something maybe like a little bit rude or snarky, like remind them that, they, that I still had some, some drinks I was waiting on. And the, this girl, the barista, she says, hey, are you, are you still waiting on something? I said, yes, I am actually. And read it off to her, and she made it. And then because I had to wait, they gave me three venti drinks, and I ordered talls. It was wonderful. Uh, and, and so uh, I felt like I was being rewarded a little bit by God for not being a rude jerk like I wanted to be in that moment. Uh, and, and so so waiting is not an idea that we are comfortable with. It's not something we like to do. It takes us too long. Waiting is not fun. We have this negative idea of waiting. I have two uh, very close couple friends, one that some of you may know, and another that, that Hillary and I went to college with, that are both in the process of adoption. Uh, and, and if you've ever done that or known folks who've done that, that can be a very long process. And, and the wait can be emotionally, mentally, uh, spiritually stressful as, as you wait for that. that, that my, some of my friends, one, one of those couples has, has recently been told um, that their adoption uh, has has gone through. They've been uh, the, there's been some children that have been placed with them, and um, and so they're excited about that. But now they're in this next stage of waiting. There's some other things that have to happen uh, before uh, before they, they'll they'll actually get those children. And this other couple that we know from from college, they uh, recently thought they had somebody that was being placed with them, and that fell through. And so this idea of waiting is not one that we are comfortable with. And so when I say that the Advent is a season of waiting. Some of you are like, well, that sounds awful. That doesn't sound like something I want to do. My, my fear is that when we talk about waiting, when we talk about this idea of, of worshiping fully, um, that, that one of the things that, that we're doing is that we're waiting to worship. We're waiting to, to devote our time and our lives and our mind and our spirit to worshiping God. Right, students? You, you spend a lot of your time... Uh, waiting, you, you, you go, I, I can't wait till I'm, uh, till I'm in high school. I can't wait till I get my driver's license. I can't wait till I graduate high school and get out of this darn house. Some of you uh, parents, some of you are going, I can't wait till they get out either. Um, but, but we spend this time waiting. It's not something we enjoy doing. And, and, and I think that we've, we've, we've taken that, that attitude about waiting, that way that we feel about waiting, and we've, we've, uh, transferred it to the way that we that we think about worship we've transferred it to the way that we participate in worship when i say worship what do you what do you think of singing yeah it, when, when we say the word worship for most of us that's the very first thing that comes to our mind and that's not a bad thing that's a that's a part of worship 
But Advent, like I said, Advent is inviting us into to worshiping Jesus fully. Advent is inviting us into something much bigger than the Christmas season that, that so many of us um, and, and so many maybe of our neighbors, the people that we know celebrating. It's inviting us into a worship that is so much more um, than just singing songs once or twice a week. Some of you know um, Brett and his family, they went to Disney World uh, the week before Thanksgiving because apparently one week off of school was not enough for the girls. They needed two. Um, but Brett and, and Amanda and the girls, Brian and Chas and Devin and Sarah went, uh, Br- Brett and Brian's br- brother Brad, their parents, they all went to Disney World for Christmas, had a great time, uh, really enjoyed themselves. And, and when Brian came back, one of the things that he, that he told me about, I've never been to Disney uh, it's a it's a really sore spot in my in my life. Uh, sometimes I get bitter towards my parents about it uh, because I I just don't understand why so many people have been. And I just want to my brother in law and his wife when they got married a couple years back. She worked for Disney at the time, and uh, the one in California I don't know which one is which. Disneyland in California. Okay, great. They they she worked out there at the time, and so the reception was in this ballroom at this hotel, a stone's throw away from the theme park. And I'm there for this wedding, and so I'm busy, and I can't do anything about it. I just want to grace the grace of di- the gates of Disneyland one time in my life, and I'm stuck in this ballroom five feet away. It was, it was a real struggle for me. But they, they came back, and, and they're talking about this. And uh, one of the things they did is uh, that Disney has, um, like, Merry, Happy Disney Christmas. It's this huge spectacular. Has anybody ever been to that? Anybody here? Yeah, you, you were just there. Anybody else? Yeah. Apparently, it's insane. I really want to go. And so uh, we're, we're talking last night, actually, and Brian is telling me about this. And um, you can throw up the picture of, of Disney right here. Waiting on it. Yeah, there it is. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, so, yeah, I want to go so bad. I want to leave you right now and walk there so I can see this in person. Um, but so they, uh, Brian says they're, they're out there, and Queen Elsa comes out, and it's, 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 um, it's kind of darked out. And she, you know, casts her magic, and it lights up like this, and it's just beautiful. And, um, and he says people are just standing there in awe of what's going on, and they're so excited. And, and, uh, and he says, what Brian told me, he said he turned to Devin, and he thought, man, isn't this great? And what, what fun. Look at, how, look at how, uh, how much people are so just enamored with this. Think about what it's going to be like when we get to heaven. And when we get there and all we're doing is spending time just adoring God, the song, oh, come let us adore him, oh, come let us adore him, let us worship him. And so this, this glimpse at Disney World um, of what that's going to be like, and, and this is the worship that we're being invited into, something that just consumes us all together and that we're standing around going like this, just we cannot take it in. And not just when we get to heaven, but here and now. Jesus came, so Advent invites us into this full life worship of Jesus and who he is. Colossians chapter 3 verse 17 says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And everything that you do in word and deed, do everything giving thanks to God and to Jesus We're, we're waiting, and maybe this isn't you, maybe this is just me as, as I kind of examine my own life, but I, I would imagine there's probably some of you out here that, that feel the same way. We, as I realize that I'm, I'm spending so much of my time here waiting until I get to a place where my only purpose is going to be to worship and adore God and who He is and to spend all my time and all my effort and all my purposes towards that. 
it cheapens the worship. If I'm only going to do it there when it's the only thing I have to do, what's the point? If, if the invitation that Jesus has given, that God has given through sending Jesus to come down here, isn't something that, that makes me worship with all that I am, I've missed the point. And, it, and if you would say that's you as well, so have you. And, and that doesn't make you bad. It, it, it doesn't make you wrong. It makes, it makes all of us people who, who really have to begin to think about these things more than we normally do. We, we have to ask ourselves, is, is my time worshiping, is it just at Collide on Wednesday night, at, at uh, service on Sunday morning, or is it something that, that consumes all of who I am, consumes all my time consumes all of my efforts. We've been invited to worship fully, and we have to ask ourselves if, if we've ignored the invitation. I, I know that there's times in my life where I have, and, um, and I have to be very careful about that. I have to think through that. I have to ask myself uh, why. I have to ask myself what's going on in my own life uh, th- that I think is so much more important that, that I cannot um, spend all my time Worshiping God for who He is. So for, for you and I, if, if we want to worship fully, there's a couple things that we can do. To worship fully, the first thing that we can do is, and, and I, I mentioned this real briefly, but to move from, from music to a life that reflects the worth we know God has. And this is um, especially important for us to think through right now uh, as, as our church um, spends this time with our, our worship pastor search committee. Um, they're spending so much time, so much effort, so much of their resources of, of, of what they have um, trying to find the person uh, that, that God has, has already selected to come to our church um, and, and lead us in, in worshiping through music and some other, some other aspects of worship. And that's a good thing. We, we want somebody who is, who is good at that. We want somebody who God has called to, to lead people in worship through music and through uh, some artistic things like that. That's a good thing. Um, but, but Kevin has said this, and, and we've had these conversations, and you've probably had this con- these conversations. We, we can't let ourselves get hung up on, well, this person does this kind of music, and this person does this kind of music. And so I like this person, and I don't like this person. We have to ask ourselves, who is the person that is, that is really going to lead our church, our, our local body of Christ, the people here, to worship fully? to spend our, our time, our efforts, our resources, our mind, our body, our spirit, um, really worshiping God for who He is. We know that God has worth. He, we, we've seen that in our own lives. We've seen that in the lives of our family and friends who, who know and love Jesus. And so we have to move from this idea that, um, that music is worship uh, to a life that reflects the, the, the worth that we know God has. We have to move uh, from, from doing this once or twice a week to all day, every day. Right, so, so instead of just coming to uh, Collide or to Collide small groups and to Sunday morning service at 9, 30, 11 o'clock once or twice a week, maybe you have a, a small group Bible study you meet with through the week, that's great. But we have to move from this idea that worship is something we do when we come to this building or that worship is something that we do when we go over to the sanctuary or that worship is something we do when we go to so-and-so's house where we have Bible study to something that, like I said, it consumes all of our time consumes all of our days, consumes all of our mind, consumes, consumes all of who we are. For us to worship fully means that instead of just saying, hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to a worship service, we think, 
when we wake up, God, how can I worship you today? God, show me uh, in my relationship with my parents how I can worship you. Show me in my relationship with my siblings who are taking too much time in the bathroom how I can worship you today. Show me uh, in my relationship with my teacher who I think is failing me on purpose because they're an evil human being how I can worship you today. Show me how when I'm sitting in the cafeteria with my friends and show me, God, how while I'm at work and how when I'm interacting with my neighbor and how all these different things, God, show me how I can worship you. Show me how I can show others the worth that I know you have. Worship is not a thing that we do when we come together. Worship is something um, that, that comes out of us. It's an overflow from our own relationship with Jesus. And the last thing um, to look at is as we move uh, toward worshiping full up, fully is to uh, move towards internalizing the, the two great commandments. And so when we talk about um, in our relationships with people and um, in the way that we live our life, two great commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, uh, and body, and, and uh, love others as, as you love yourself. And that's something that we talk about a lot. We talk about love God, love people. It's a really simple thing to talk about. It's a really simple thing to say, but to, to worship fully, to allow uh, your relationship with Jesus to overflow into, into those other relationships, into those other things that are, that are going on in your life, the people who, are, uh, who you interact with, the world that you inhabit, to really internalize those things. And, and, and what, what, I mean, what I mean by internalize is um, that it becomes just a part of who you are. When someone uh, looks at you and says, oh yeah, she loves God and she loves people. Uh, oh yeah, he spends his time loving God and loving people. Uh, and, and maybe that's because you turn your homework in on time. Or maybe that's because uh, you let your sibling have shotgun. Or, or whatever the case may be. Or because um, y- your parents know that you wake up uh, at 5.15 instead of 5.30 so you can spend some extra time uh, in Scripture, worshiping through, through time in Scripture by yourself. For, for you and I, uh, if you're in this room this morning, you're a Christian, you've decided to follow Jesus, you, you, you've made him Lord of your life, you, you, don't, you don't really have a choice in this. You can, you can ignore the invitation if you choose to, um, but the season of Advent invites us to worship fully, and it's an invitation we ought to accept. It's an invitation to, and this is, this is such a great time of year, not because of the decorations and the music and the lights and all that great stuff. Those, those things are fun, but it's a great time of year because this is one of, the, one of the easiest times of the year to get somebody to talk with you about God. Right? The, the, the commercialization of Christmas, which is not always great, gives us a really easy way to begin having a conversation with somebody about who God is. Christmas is pretty universally known as a time that Christians celebrate Jesus being, little baby Jesus being born in a manger. Isn't that so sweet? Right? And so it's a time where we can say, hey, um, why don't you come with me to, to uh, my church this Wednesday night? Why don't you come with me to my church this Sunday morning? We're, we're having three Christmas Eve service. We're asking a lot of our members to go to the one that's uh, going to be on Christmas Eve Eve uh, because it's so natural for people in a community to go to church on Christmas Eve, even if they really don't give a rip about God. Maybe somebody in their family does, and, and they're going to go. Christmas is a time where, where you get to go 
how am I going to worship God fully so that other people might see that, so that I can invite them, I can give them that same invitation that God gave to me, that God gave to the world when Jesus came down. For us to worship fully means for us to change the way we think about Christmas, means for us to really move from this idea of Christmas trees, presents, decorations, lights, all good things, fun things, move from thinking primarily about that to thinking about uh, waiting a little bit, thinking about worshiping God fully because of what he did during this time, for, for coming to earth um, fully man, fully God, something that we don't, we don't really grasp about worshiping him because of that. We get that opportunity, and, and we have to ask ourselves, are we going to accept that invitation, or are we going to ignore it? So pray with me. We have a couple announcements, and we're out super early, so we'll do one more thing before uh, we actually get out of here. Pray with me. God, thank you uh, for, for bringing us here today. We thank you for, uh, for, for getting us up this morning. Um, that, that we are, that we're alive, that we're in a place where we can come together with, with other people who know you, who love you, who, who want to worship you. Yeah, we, we are brothers and sisters with Christians around the world who, who don't have that luxury, that they, they spend this first uh, Sunday of Advent meeting in secret, meeting in fear, that they'd be found out. God, we ask your, your peace and comfort and hand of protection over them. For us, as, as we leave here this morning, God, we ask that you would, uh, Scripture tells us that, that we're to be uh, transformed to think more like you, God, that you would transform our minds to think more about worshiping you during this time. God, we, we don't just mean when we come here, on Wednesday night, when we, when, we, when we go over to the sanctuary in a few minutes, we mean that with our, with our time, with our resources, God, as, as Scripture commands, with our mind, our body, our spirit, that we would be thinking, in, in this moment, how do I worship you? In this moment, how do I love God and love people? God, the invitation that, that you gave us so long ago when, when Jesus came to worship you fully is one that has changed so many of our lives. We ask that you would remind us of that, show us where we can begin to invite other people into that same story. It's the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit who live and reign together forever and ever that we pray. Amen.